0: Salutations And welcome to another episode of the Month of Love with the Native Immigrants. I'm your host, Swami Barakas, and I'm all loved up with my co-host, Jojo underscore B. What's going on, Jojo B?
1: Hello.
0: Yeah, so look who here we are, week four of the Month of Love.
1: I know, I love it. I don't want it to end.
0: You know, I've been feeling the love in the air. Uh, our, our listeners have been feeling the love in the air. Yeah. We just want to, you know, make sure that we can, you know, bring across that message as as far and wide as we possibly can.
1: Love is all around.
0: I, I say that every week. You need to come up with another line, fam.
1: What is it like? A cheesy song lyrics. Cheesy song lyrics.
0: Uh, uh, that's all you listen. That's the only music you listen to. So you should have hundreds of these.
1: Genuinely can't think of anything. Right wow. Now.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'm the all only the one.
2: The I'm love. the only
0: one showing love then people because JoJo B knows nothing about love. Clearly. One song with love <laughs> in it. I can't think of anything. One song. Half a song. <laughs> oh my
1: god. A bar.
0: Not even a verse. One bar.
1: Why is it that this happens that you're play This is why. You know when we're watching quiz shows and they're like, that's the simplest question in the whole world. How can you not think of the answer? Yeah. This is what would happen to me.
0: Yes. Yeah, you'd be an epic fail. it would be like, which road does JoJo B live on? Would be the question. You'll sit there for like a minute, being like, oh I ain't got a fucking clue, bro. Yeah.
1: <sighs> I can't think of a song. All right,
0: do you know what? (laughs) Because we haven't got all day with this, we're gonna have to we have to come back to you at the end of this this show and see if you can think of something between now and the end of this whole whole fucking episode. But anyway, love is in the air as uh, everywhere I look around. Um, But uh, we had a great show last week where we talked about matchmaking.
1: Yes, we did. Are
0: you thinking of something in love? That's why you give it a weird face. (laughs) You just, this weird you just do this
1: bit and I will think of a song.
0: All right, running the show solo like I would do week in, week out then, yeah? Okay, fine. Um, so, yeah, so last week was all about matchmaking.
1: I love Jones. Yeah, so... That's
0: the song we're Oh, know. my God. <laughs> so, last week's show was about matchmaking and we were joined uh, by the awesome Sook Core of Match by Sook Core. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much to Sook for joining us. Thank Had you. Very, very great discussion. Very, very heated discussion from our listeners, though, thereafter.
1: Yes, there was.
0: Yeah. Number of people came back with a, a lot of um, opinion on it, which is great to see, great to hear, because that's what our show are all about, trying to open up the dialogue amongst our community. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to do a review of all the shows next week.
1: Yeah, because there's been a lot of conversation between us and online about yeah. all the different things that have come out in the shows, Yeah, um, the different kind of topics and just like little nuggets of wisdom. Gems. Yeah. Gems, from our, gems
0: from our guests and gems from our listeners. So we're going to look at some of those responses and feedback on next week's show as we dissect each show one by one and talk about our favourite bits as well as some of our listeners' um, main points.
1: And also what we've learned about Finding love, yeah, within our community.
0: Exactly, we're all still looking for love, uh, even those of us married for seven and a half years. And so, you know, wherever we can <laughs> find it, where the love went, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, searching for it high and low. But let's look at this week's show now. This week, we're going to be talking about love after divorce.
2: Yeah.
0: Now. The subject of the divorce is something that hasn't really crossed our minds, is it, Jojabi? <laughs> no, really, honestly, it really hasn't. People, we've got a very committed, loving relationship. Divorce has never come up once, <laughs> all right, in seven and a half years. I say that with, like, all my fingers crossed and shit. Um, How's it for you, JJB?
3: You
1: cannot get rid of me.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, so, I'm stuck. You um, know,
1: unless you, like, kill me. There's
0: no way of getting rid of me. So deal with it. Right. Okay. All right. So we're, we're going to be dealing with it or I am for the rest of my life, but for a lot of people within our community and, and divorce is one of those things where it's not really an issue or a taboo anymore. Like it was like 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think, I think like it wasn't at 60% or 65% of married relationships in divorce. It's like an astronomical number.
1: Are you sure about that?
0: I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm remembering this verbatim. <laughs> this, it's, this a, seems... it's a. It's Honestly, it's a ridiculous number. But look it up. It's a. It's an honestly a ridiculous number. You can look it up right now. I'm
1: gonna look it up. Okay, we look it, it up as it.
0: we as we speak. All right, and if I'm right. You get to cook me paneer next week.
1: Is this just in general or is this with Cause I'm not sure I'll be able to find it. Not, the not within community. the
0: Asian really. No, this is just general, general. All right. Yeah. General community in the UK. You carry on, I'll be I back. will. Okay. So as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> I'm sure it's like 60, 65% of married couples end in divorce. Oh, I'm just going to carry on then. <laughs> <laughs> Are
1: you waiting for me? Sorry. I'm you... just making sure that this is the right number.
0: Okay. What is the right? What is the number then?
1: I'm just, I'm just double checking it. Oh wow, okay. I'm, I'm a researcher. You can't get me to to give you. Okay, so it's numbers. it's
0: it's uh 42 is what we found. Well, instead. that's not the number that. Oh, I so what, found. what number have you got then? I've got. Look, talking in the microphone when we did that. Like oh, though. sorry.
1: <laughs> I've got 33 percent in England and Wales, based on all marriages over the past 50 plus years between 1964 to 2019.
0: So 65% of people get divorced um, as I, as I'd say, no, but, <laughs> <laughs> so I was right the first time. Um, right. So basically a, a large number of people get divorced is what we're saying.
1: And there's a chunk. Yeah.
0: There's a big chunk. Okay. So what we look at from the perspective of our community, you know, that like none of our parents, the majority of our parents has never divorced. A lot of them, a lot of them went through loads of issues. They just stuck it out, but that's not necessarily the case for our generation. Obviously, if things don't work out, things don't work out. You, you can't you force it. You know? Relationship, what are you? I just
1: found the 42%. There's lots of different percentages of people who get okay. divorced, but anything between 13
0: to yeah. 65% of people <laughs> get divorced. Okay. Um, but what is the search for love like after divorce? And that's something that we wanted to talk about on this episode. Yeah. And to join us on this side, we are delighted to be joined by your buddy your mentor your inspiration in life the
1: lady who kicks my ass the yes.
0: lady who kicks your ass indeed push with ush <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: not the name i of always call game it of. i always
0: always call her push with ush i'm always just like push with ush how's it going you're right push with ush but <laughs> ush how's it going
3: it's going really well what an introduction
0: <laughs> I know I, the thing is because I've mentioned you in a few times on our show over the course of the last few seasons and it's always like yeah. push with us it's not even like how is Ush doing it's push with ush. <laughs> just like as, as you, you come as one big phrase it's just like you know mr motivator but like the the <laughs> the, the asian version um, can you
3: imagine if that's really what my name was my passport on, I, honestly <laughs> there is
0: time we could potentially change this by depot um if you wanted to and then you'd be more memorable obviously because of it um push is a great great name um i must say you it's, it's up it there was with native in, immigrants in
1: like kind of fluorescent lycra with a bum
0: bag. Yeah. Massive, like <laughs> massive perm and stuff. And you have the headband just like around her head where the perm just like excuse oh up uh, oh, like, like, Rose
3: me like colony. Right, yeah. Rosemary like
0: Rosemary Connolly, yes. Or did you I don't know because you're you're roughly the same age. Do you remember Lizzie from the 80s? There was no. a there was a oh my God, how do you not remember Lizzie? TVAM. TVAM. <laughs> Even jojo B remembers the was Lizzie. From TV and as you guys back in the 80s, <laughs> bro. We, we only had four channels, all right? So, back in those days, literally only one or two things you could watch in the morning, yeah. Um, and if it wasn't news, it was Lizzie on AM, <laughs> on ITV. So, um, bring it back, ush. Honestly, there's still time.
1: Oh, I'll, try, I'll <laughs> try This is why young people don't like to listen to us, <laughs> they don't know our references. <laughs>
0: Yeah, oh, we should put a like, disclaimer on our show, anyone under like 35, this, this show does not apply to you, just generally in life. Our conversation <laughs> will not resonate with you. It's not worth it. Um, but Ush, thank you so much for joining us here on The Native Immigrants. Uh, we've been wanting to get you on the show a number of occasions, and we wanted to look at love after divorce. Now, first of all, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you yourself and exactly what you do for our listeners?
3: okay so i'm ush or push with ush if you, you go by what swami's yeah. saying um, yeah. <laughs> uh, i do a couple of things actually um i'm an online fitness coach
0: yes you are i am there thank you, you go. for the wonders you worked on my wife i must say on behalf of more both of us
3: than welcome you're more than she's done great and then i also have a little prosecco van which i take to events yes. and get people drunk
2: amazing, <laughs> and make amazing. them happy.
3: So that's the new business, which I started. That was a lockdown business actually, which I started about six weeks ago.
0: Yeah. And it's can doing we, really well we- so far. Can we hire these just to pop round like our flat and just get us drunk like that instead of like <laughs> having well, it if you a, if you on the side of it. the
3: street?
0: On the side of the street, so we can both just get if smashed. If you had a flat
3: party, say so you got everyone involved, then a obviously, flat party for but the two, two of I'm you. Talking, <laughs> two,
0: <yeah.
3: laughs> Not the... sure I can get the truck up there. Wow! I did do um, a professional footballer last weekend though. Oh which really? Is amazing. Are you like still? Yeah, to yeah, of course. Uh, Ra- Riyad Mahrez yeah. and Taylor <laughs> Ward engagement party,
0: Manchester. Wait a minute, Riyad Mahrez. Manchester yeah. City's Riyad Mahrez.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh my We're days. Up at what?
3: We were up at Warford
0: Hall last Sunday doing their engagement party. Oh my, Bov, that um, look, that is a that is a massive look. I mean, Riyad <laughs> within Maris six is weeks, like,
3: not bad, eh?
0: That's that's a, it's a world class footballer. We're not talking about some, yeah. you know, said a, a a professional footballer. He would say like yeah. Dave Richards of uh, Leighton Orient FC is like kind of uh, <laughs> or behind us for last last week, and I'd be like, great, that's amazing, way, way to go, it's
2: a Premier League.
0: No, I'm talking about <laughs> Premier League title winning. Like, he was Footballer oh. of the Year only a couple of years ago. Oh, really? Yes. When he was at Leicester City, they won, he won Footballer of the Year. Oh, wow. So we're talking about, like, creme de la creme. Uh, and, and he's again. like well,
3: well David done. Beckham in the Arab world, isn't
0: he? Yeah. Which is, kind of makes me mm. think, why is he drinking Prosecco? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's, a, that's, a, that's another conversation.
3: Yes, um, <laughs> first, yes. also that we can't
1: afford it.
0: I mean, mates rates. Of course, you can. We're not, mates, I'm, can. I'm, I'm mates We're rates, not
2: Premier League
0: wages. Bravo, mates rates, isn't it? Mate's rates. I mean, I mean this, is, this is our thanks for getting us on the number one podcast in the whole world. Yes, is by course. like delivering mates us a prosecco, man. Um, well, I will good. do that. Thank you so much. Also,
1: he can't say prosecco. He says prosecco. I said prosecco. <laughs> I
0: heard that. I know. I know. I always <laughs> like, say prosecco.
1: Like some old uncle. Prashecco. So Prashecco.
0: I'm prosecco, isn't it? You know, I'm just. I'm, I don't
1: know where you get the shirt from.
0: It's like Shaq isn't it? Do you know what it is? This is what I
1: found, and I know that all Gujaratis will hate me
3: for generalizing. But the shut and the set su- gets mixed up, right? Oh, there's so many things get that gets mixed up, Jodie. Honestly, so yeah. many things get mixed up.
0: So, don't, so that's it's okay. So I love to say that. Bit of a bit, bit You all mixed up in one, made a nice
3: little spicy pot.
0: Absolutely. Well, this is our life and our marriage, pretty much in that instance. <laughs> um, but anyway, we digress. Um yes. So basically, we wanted to discuss uh, love after divorce. Now, from a, I've heard on the grapevine via My Good Wife, uh, that uh, over the course of your dating history, you have dated uh, a couple of divorced men. Is that true? I have. Yes.
3: Yes, yes, absolutely.
0: I have. So basically what we wanted to do was we wanted to get a gist of dating, you know, someone who's divorced Mm -hmm. and the potential stigmas within our community Mm -hmm. that obviously come with that. But okay, so f- firstly, in terms of your dating history, is it generally yeah. been online dating, um, or have you um, had like dates through setups, or? You know, what's been... Oh the my
3: God, right. So when I started um, dating after university, mm-hmm. you know, we came out of university and it was all all kind of assumed that I'd met somebody and we were going to get married. And I was just like, what? You told me to keep away from boys when I went to uni. So I kept away from boys. Yeah, standard. Um, yeah, standard. I think you've had a conversation about that before, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it was like introduction after introduction. And I was just like, I didn't want to do this. So I had more to do with my life than like just kind of date. And then as I got older, I hadn't, I dated, but I hadn't really bothered with men until about 28, 29. Yeah. I thought, you know, I'll meet somebody at 30, I'll get married, have a child and hey, presto, life is good, right? Like happy mm-hmm. Um, Didn't happen. Um. And yes, yeah, so a lot of my dating has been online. I have met people in random places. I did listen back to um, Bina and Priya, and <laughs> Bina and I have had some very similar um, dating from the tube, um, as it was in and out of London, nice yeah, to into Hammersmith every day. But most of it, I would say, has been online, and I have been on countless dates. I cannot even tell you. I've dated a lot in lockdown as well. Shh,
0: don't <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. You know, going for those like, like social distance, yeah,
3: social distance. Walk, I was about to say, get, yeah, exactly. You coffee. break all
0: the laws, or is that what you're telling me? <laughs> you? Is that your exclusive, like, putting it out there <laughs> no. right now?
3: No, 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 laws. Criminal No, 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 law. Criminal. no, 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 no <laughs> laws exactly. broken. Crooks. No with laws ush. broken.
0: <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. All right. Yeah, so yeah, so, 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 so while, yeah. social distance uh, dating, um, as Absolutely. many people did. To be fair. Yeah. Um. So okay. So in terms of meeting divorcees um uh, divorced men now the f- at the first time you dated someone that was divorced was there any like stigma or apprehension potentially beforehand with getting together with someone that was divorced you know I, we hear a lot and i we've heard it from people that we know as well yeah. that they are, are very hesitant to mm. get together with someone that's previously divorced because of the emotional baggage and you know the the history um within that person yeah. itself that yeah. they're they're yeah a little bit sort of um you know not, not against Wary. But like, yeah absolutely more than anything else did that did those thoughts ever come up in your head
3: absolutely the first time I dated um a guy that was divorced I was about 30 so I was I was young anyway right so it was like well do I really want to date a guy who's been through kind of a marriage and it's broken down or they've split ways, whatever the reason may be. Um, I had personal, I would say prejudice against it. Um, But then eventually you start looking past it because actually I became friends with that guy first. Um, And then I looked past it, you know, luckily he did not have children at the time or oh, yep. still doesn't. Um, So he didn't have children. So that made it a lot easier to kind of look past the divorce, especially if that person has put it, to the back of their mind and they're ready to kind of move on. If they're not ready, which I have done as well, um, that's a different situation, Mm. which is a lot harder. But yeah, I did have personal prejudice against divorced people. Absolutely. And I'm not even going to lie about it.
0: I don't think that's that's just the general human nature to be honest of of anyone it's Um,
1: the fear of the unknown isn't
0: it yeah Mm. more than anything else
1: yeah like what they've been through and and, you know what they bring in with them and stuff will they be able to
3: love again you know have they actually gotten over that person and if we get together are they going to leave me for that person again if that person comes back and all that jazz yeah Yeah.
1: how have you found it though like in terms of So you've been out with guys who've never been married before, I'm assuming, and you've been out with guys who have been married before. Is there a difference in their term, in their mentality, in their um, what they're looking for and how they conduct themselves in a relationship?
3: Absolutely. I think what I found is that guys who have been through a marriage and have been in a relationship long term um, and are divorced, um, they've got a lot more respect um they know how to treat a woman um you know whatever the breakdown might have been i've never been treated badly by a divorced guy that i've dated and i've dated three i'm dating one at the moment um so yeah i've never been treated badly by one whereas when i've dated um kind of you know the single guy around town it's i've always been kind of on edge about Who else is he dating? What is he doing? Who's he with? Because they've never been upfront and honest and told me where they're going or who they're going with. There's always, I'm out with the lads, I'm out with the city boys, I'm out with this. You're just like, "Mm, are you being genuinely uh, monogamous right now? Or are you just going out and doing your thing? Whereas with a divorce guy, I think because they've been there and they've done that before, they have a lot more respect for you and they will tell you where they're, they're at or they'll, you know they'll be like open and honest about what they're doing, which is amazing. And I haven't even asked for that. And Mm. um, maybe I have in the way I present myself, but um, that's what I found with the divorced guys. I've always been treated a lot better by a divorced guy than I have by a guy who I say that one divorced guy really didn't treat me very well.
0: Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, geez. Wow. What happened there? Uh,
3: Let's just say he was still dating somebody else. Oh,
0: dearie, dearie me.
3: Jeez. I think he'd come out of this marriage and he just started playing the field. Um, oh. Which is fair enough. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But don't get me involved.
0: So in terms of like the experiences of dating someone that's divorced, have there been instances where they've like, they've brought up a lot about their, their married lives and what they went through in their married lives Um, to an extent, because we've seen it in stuff with people that we know where, you know, you're always overriding emotions are always going to be very, very high because you've, You've come from such a big, you know, like breakup mm. as such. Um, that's that could have been emotionally uh, painful as well as financially painful. Um, yeah. But have you have you felt that they've um, that that it's something that's been a constant within conversations and within your dating life as such?
3: Well, with one guy there was. I think he was very bruised and um, hurt from how the divorce took place. His wife just upped and left one day. Oh wow! And- Oh, wow. literally nice. sent an email saying I want a divorce like that was it so I think he always brought that into our relationship in terms of he was scared um he also couldn't bring himself to open up again properly and I waited around for this guy for three years um to open up to become the person I knew he could be um yeah. and then it just didn't happen um so yeah the past can really affect relationship if if that guy lets it affect the relationship and if he hasn't um healed from it um I do know that this particular guy went through therapy in the end kind of at the as as we kind of decided just to part ways he went through therapy yeah because it was a big deal for him like you know he was meant to be married he was meant to be you know a dad and had a great job and a great house and all this kind of stuff and um she left him um,
0: how have your friends and family reacted to you dating someone who has been married before? Because it's always about the the extended, you know, circle as such that can sometimes be a little bit more awkward uh, than yourself when when dating yeah. someone that's uh, that's divorced
3: before.
1: Yeah, it's that word, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Sometimes yeah,
3: that people like to have. Oh God, don't they just, I think a lot of it is concern more than anything else and protection over you as a person. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that my, uh, parents, um, you know, each time I've dated a divorce guy, you know, I've let them know and their concern immediately is, is he going to go back to the ex? You know, yeah, that's always the thing. Like, you know, there was obviously love there and, Is he going to go back to that? Um, So I think that's always been their concern. Is he going to look after you? You know, and especially if the guys had kids, it's like, is he going to be able to financially look after you? And and that's something that maybe I don't worry about because, you know, we're independent women. I can do it myself. But I get it from their point of view as well. Like, you know, is this person going to be able to financially look after me in the future? Say if I get pregnant and have a child with them. Mm. Um, So I think my parents' concern is more like, you know, long-term, is this the right person for you? Friends, um, friends actually haven't been that kind of judgy on me dating a divorced guy or anything like that. So I'm lucky in that sense, because I think you, you, especially in our general, my age group or our age group, sorry, guys, just bulked us into one. Um, <laughs> why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? You know, it's, it's difficult to go out there anyway and date, whether you're dating a person who's not divorced or a person who's been divorced. Um, you've just got to be open to it. And I think friends now are a lot less judgy than say if I was 30 and I was dating a divorced guy, but now that I'm, you know, 39 plus one dating a divorced guy, it's, it's considered normal. It's considered, Mm. well, you know, the pool is smaller now, so I don't have much of a choice. And that sounds like I'm dating someone I don't have a choice to date. Obviously I do. Um, But you don't have like hundreds of single guys throwing themselves at your feet like they used to once do no one in my 20s just saying
0: no of course of course but you know like i said i think when we we are talking about our age group as such again you know people that are in their sort of late 30s and early 40s and you know of that there's going to be a massive number of of guys and girls that have previously been been married you know um and would have gone through that gamut before sometimes in marriages that they didn't necessarily were fully committed in from the offset sometimes you know arrange marriages and things like that potentially um or with just you know relationships that just didn't work out and so yeah. you, when you get to that age group you you know i think you almost have to allow yourself to be a bit more open
1: yeah because then there's a whole pool of people that you just don't want to have anything to do yeah. with you just kind of automatically discount just dismiss them. yeah and your soulmate could be you know sitting amongst them
0: yeah amongst that himself. Um but do you do you still feel that there's like a, a stigma still within our community with like um, people that are divorced and and getting together with them after after they've um um or trying to find love thereafter
3: i think there's a little bit of stigma absolutely you know it's like oh like she she's been divorced or he's been divorced and you know like you know obviously couldn't be in a marriage so why are they going to bother you know why would you try and date that person you obviously can't be there's a little bit of that but I keep away from most of that negative energy you don't need that in my life right I think you've got to choose your own path and if you believe that person is a genuine person and you feel like you can actually build something based on your, both your foundations, you know, don't get me wrong, the relationship I'm within that right now, it's awesome. But we've had issues where I felt insecure because of the ex-wife and he's got children. So I felt really insecure. And this man has had to come and actually, you know, comfort that and make me aware that, you know, everything's okay. And that he's there for me. Um, And that that was his past. And yes, obviously infiltrates into his future, but it doesn't It won't pave the way for his future, and that he and I will pave that way together with that side by side. So it'll be like two train tracks together. If that makes sense. Um, So, like you know, Percy and Thomas. Uh, Sorry, that's (laughs) my (laughs) nephew.
0: What an analogy! What? So wait, you? I was talking about (laughs) Lizzie.
3: I'm talking
0: about Lizzie (laughs) from the from the eighties, and then you come up with Percy and Thomas. What? How I like don't don't be acting like oh I'm too I'm too young for like Lizzie but then talk about Thomas the Tank Engine unbelievable hey hey
3: hey Thomas is still cool right my I, I know Thomas adores. is cool
0: I don't get me wrong Thomas is cool just as Lizzie is <laughs> I mean.
3: who's Lizzie love
0: who's Lizzie
1: oh, you mentioned the kids there yes um in your new relationship um how is that and and kind of getting your head around the fact that. You have a partner that has children and that means the ex will always be there, obviously, um, because mm. they have the joint responsibility for those children. But also the prospect of what that means in the future.
0: You know, because it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you when you date do date someone that has got kids, you almost... Almost having to take on a kind of role as such, you know, yeah. in not not so much playing like a, a sort of like a new mom in their life or anything like that. But there there will come a point potentially in the future where those kind of conversations will obviously arise. Um, have you have you discussed those things? Have you talked about those
3: things with your with your fella? yeah absolutely you know it's too soon in our relationship we've only been together six months now um known each other since January so nine months but six months together um it's too soon in our relationship for me to meet his girls Mm -hmm. I feel that and he also feels that we want to make sure that we're solid before we go there because it's not fair on them you know they're, they're teenagers now 12 and 13 so it's not fair on them if dad just brings home you know a woman yeah just like that, you know, out of the blue. Um, it is it, going to take some time because he's actually quite recently divorced as well. So it's not like he's been divorced a long time. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, we've spoken about it. And it is something that we want to do before the end of the year, hopefully um <clears throat> all going well. And you know, obviously I'm never going to replace their mother. I'm never going to be stepmom, but I would like to be at least a friend. Um, and it always shocks me when I remember that he's got children because he never It's only a few times where it's happened where I've gone, oh, right. You forgot about me and you did this family thing, um, but you're not actually in in a family with them anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like you're outside and there were certain things which I wasn't very keen on. Um, Mm. But yeah, no, it shocks me that when I remember that he's the dad. I'm just like oh you're a dad (laughs) (laughs) like because they haven't been introduced into my life yet and you know he's so good he spends so much time with them but he also finds a a lot of time for me so he never makes me feel like you know it's me or them
0: which is amazing and
3: so what was your question again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, just just uh, you know, like ha, you know, having uh, dating someone with children, and yeah. you know, the like you, you've answered it pretty much there. The prospect in the future of you know, I look
3: forward to it. Like you know, I love I love teenage. I know people don't, but I love that teenage girl. You know, kind of like moody and just trying to make them smile. So I'm hoping I get to meet them soon um, yeah. and just spend some time with them. Uh,
0: uh, and as Jojo jo asked, in terms of their mother um, yes. you know, being, at, she obviously end up being potential part of the equation at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> as that sort of, that thought of basically being in between those two worlds ever crossed your mind?
3: You know, I think there's different um, dimensions to people's relationships. Mm -hmm. And there are obviously couples who are absolutely fine with each other and are still friends and can get on with like introducing couples or their partners into the equation and kind of still having their own lives. Whereas there are some couples or ex-couples who maybe don't have that. And it depends in which situation you end up in. Now, obviously I know that this ex probably isn't the kind of person that i would be friends with um and we're very different he said it himself we're very different um but if she was to be in my life i'm going to be nothing but pleasant but because the children are old enough and you've got to think in five years you know one's going to be at university one's going to be finishing your a-levels type thing um you know, they're going to be independent women themselves. So they won't need to have their mum drop them off and pick them up and all that kind of thing if me and um, my other half end up long-term living together, married and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like they're at an age where I really don't need to get that much involved with the ex at all, which I'm quite lucky. Like, if they were two and three, that'd be completely different.
0: No, of course. Well, we can only hope for the best obviously i know you're 6 months in in your relationship yeah. um you know and obviously it's a it's a long a long long way to go obviously yeah, in your journey
3: honeymoon period do
0: you remember those days? i had barriers oh, oh really
3: <laughs> oh yeah with this one i had absolute barriers because um obviously he had the older children he had only just recently been divorced and he wasn't indian and that was a massive thing for oh, me oh okay um,
0: see that? Yeah. Okay, so how okay, so layers
3: upon layers, layers upon here.
0: layers. Yeah, was it? Again, um, I know this is obviously unrelated to the show. But was there any potential scepticism there as well? And the fact that you were dating someone outside of our community that that was also divorced, and that also had children? I mean, you're taking up all the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the the checklist here basically. On all the it's all the nos don'ts, isn't it? Don't yeah, don't, don't meet somebody
3: outside the me. community, don't meet a divorcee, don't meet somebody's got kids. Absolutely. There were loads of like hesitations on my behalf, and I had massive barriers. Like it took him about three months of just kind of chatting to me and befriending me and going on coffee dates to even break down my barriers. And actually, you know, he said it himself. Like he goes to me, I was never going to break down your barriers. Oosh. All I wanted to do was climb them and be inside with you. And I was like, Oh,
1: that's the sweetest.
0: Thing. That is very, very well. Yeah, I'm. I'm not not much of a lovey-dovey type, but even no. oh, like, he's wow, quite I'm sweet. A like that. I'm a <laughs> sorry about that myself. I mean, well, wow.
1: <laughs> I can't
3: ever imagine you saying something like that.
0: Not not seven and a half years in, no. No. Not even there, yeah,
1: but even back to be
3: fair <laughs> enough.
0: <laughs> Well, whatever most it was, it men are like kind of...
3: bulldozers, aren't they? When they want something, they'll go in and they'll get that kind of you know, balling, balling yeah, balls balls like, in ball and whatever it's called,
0: ball and their balls in. What the <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, what where's this conversation going? They just bulldozers and put their balls in. I'm like, I mean, I mean, and he wants a, to
2: climb you. He's a, it's <laughs> climbing, that's
0: all, that's all I heard there. Seriously, this was going from a great conversation once again, hanging around with Jojo B, put your mind in the gutter. And it really I think, has. you know, it's, she's a bad enough influence as it Racking is. Wrecking
3: ball is what I was trying to figure
0: wow. out. Like, wow. <laughs> God, <what laughs> like, balls Miley, I was thinking of Miley Cyrus, like,
3: swinging on a ball. And then I was like, what called a ball and
1: <laughs>
0: What <laughs> an image. I mean, there's all kinds of innuendos with that in itself. And you're not helping yourself there either. Wasn't she naked on that ball? Something like that. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, on the Wrecking Ball video. Um <laughs> But I'd, I'd like to hope there's no balls being busted within the, within the confines of your relationship. The
1: images in my head right now are too much.
0: Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll be we'll talking cold showers straight after this particular talk. Um, but but, um, but we, we hope and we wish uh, that you guys have uh, an amazing journey together going forward. Yep. Um, you know in this because like I said it, there are a lot of people that will be hesitant about getting together with someone that is divorced um, we know people in our life that are divorced and they've they found it difficult to find relationships themselves because people have been a bit apprehensive yes. um, you know and so in essence in this show is we're trying to open up that you know just just open it all up to people and just making sure that people can see that you know what there is no there's no issues there's no there's no stigmas involved here there is no taboos
1: let's knock mm. down those stigmas and taboos with a big naked wrecking <laughs> ball <laughs> it's okay all of it is okay it's you want to be okay. naked when you do it you do it right no no
0: <laughs> if you're on a wrecking ball and then put only your lives please don't be naked okay <laughs> not only is it a, a health and safety issue there's a lot of chafing there's a hygiene issue obviously that comes with it we're living in covid times and we you know we've got to make sure that um everything is um on you know level on you a just level playing really field.
1: dusty in places you don't want it to
0: 100 um and and definitely don't do it if you're heading towards a massive building um because um not only with the- only
1: if you're heading towards taboos and stigmas <laughs> <laughs> exactly
3: oh dear oh guys. my days
1: <laughs> we did so well we're so serious and like and know. then
0: just like completely ruined it completely ruin yeah. it um, but <laughs> Osh, think, thank you so think, much can I say your, one more thing of course you can
3: I would just say, look, if you do meet a divorced person, just be open to just becoming friends with them and seeing how they treat other people in their lives. I think Mm. from that, you can see how good a person they are and if you want that kind of person in your life. And that's what I did with um, James. And, you know, I let him in slowly over like a good three to four month period um, where we went on coffee dates and things like that. And eventually I saw that actually, this is a really good man and... I could be with this person and build something real with them. So just don't just try and put your barriers down if you can or let yeah. them climb your barriers and just see where it takes you, really. And Stop take laughing. every day, you know, one day Stop at a time.
0: Stop laughing. laughing. Oh, Jojo B. Seriously, honestly, <laughs> just like just the guttural filthy, filthy mind. Um <laughs> I love it. No, absolutely wise words there from Ush. And that's exactly the, the same um sentiments that we want to echo here as well at the same time, you know? Yeah open minds and you can meet someone absolutely special from it shut up Jojo B (laughs) you
1: still think about wrecking ball
0: unbelievable (laughs) and the climbing unbelievable (laughs) (sighs) wow unbelievable mother of one Jojo B Um, (laughs) much appreciated to you where can people find you on your socials
3: um, it's really simple. What's my name, Swami? <laughs> at
0: push with Ush across there you all go. your platforms.
3: <laughs> exactly. And definitely there get you in go. touch with
0: her uh, if you want to, you know, get fit, change your lifestyle,
3: or
1: get drunk. Or get dr-
0: <laughs> I mean, <okay. laughs> or have a
1: beautiful vintage bubbly truck at your wedding at, or exactly. engagement party, drunk in a classy way, or fit and strong. Pilates exactly. and Prosecco
0: that's uh, oh that, my god there you the, go goodness. wow okay can I, go. can I get a patent on that quick
2: yeah, stuff. yeah you can Let's get 10% get. yeah
3: big up
0: that's a lot um, but thank you so much Ush for joining us here on the You're Native welcome. Immigrants much love thank to you for you. having me when we're back on the other side we're going to be flipping the coin and speaking to a previously divorced man that searched for love after divorce we'll see you on the other side people On the other side, it's your boy Swami Barakas
1: and me, JoJo B.
0: <laughs> Why are you so <laughs> it's your girl, JoJo B? <laughs> it's your girl, JoJo B. <laughs> you sound like like the worst <laughs> like late nineties so... radio presenter. I
1: cannot be like that. So, hello, it's me.
0: Hello. Well, we all know it's JoJo B. Um, <laughs> for those people who've listened to us show, if you're a new listener,
1: <laughs> it's your girl, <laughs> jo- 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 <laughs>
0: Pathetic. Pathetic. Um, but yes. <laughs> um, right, yeah. For new listeners, we are Swami Barakasajabi. We are a married couple and we do talk about, <laughs> <laughs> we might have to talk, there might be new listeners who are like, don't know who we are.
1: Why would they start listening halfway through a show?
0: Because it might, one, <laughs> <they> follow, <laughs> that's actually a very fair point. But sometimes, you know, like, you know, if sometimes, <laughs> I actually have no answer to this. Like, I'd like to think that people listen to us from the start of the show. Um, but there might and be. The common
1: sense of the marriage.
0: But there also might be friends of our next guest.
1: Oh yes, that's true. They might have just skipped.
0: Yeah, you know that sometimes that like, you know people just like you know wait to watch a film and then the end credits they see their their cousin up on there, and then they just walk out the screen. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So this is a similar scenario, isn't it?
2: Okay. Well,
1: welcome, friend.
0: <laughs> yeah, welcome. Thank you for joining us here on the Native Immigrants. And so we are continuing our conversation about love after divorce. Now, I think there's something that's been missing from the last few weeks on our show, Jojo B. What's that? That is another man's voice.
1: Oh, yes. It's been very female friendly.
0: Female (laughs) friendly? Female heavy. (laughs) Female friendly. What the fuck? (laughs) it's been very female heavy so I don't want to put the word heavy and female together in the same sentence right because obviously we're gonna have loads of backlash and shit come from that so all I will say is there's been a plethora which is my new favorite word an abundance an abundance of ladies that have joined us in the last few weeks you know which is awesome you know great to hear some amazing conversations from so many awesome women but (laughs) What? I was going to say
1: something like really like yay, and I was about to say up the women, and then <laughs> that's not what we should say. You know
0: what this show, right? This show since we started this show, it was always supposed to be about the emotional aspects of love, <laughs> and JoJo B's is <laughs> taking it down to like X-rated level filth on every that show. Wasn't
1: meant to, it's meant to be like you it know, was like meant to be. It was meant to be like a football chant type thing, and then I was like, but up the women doesn't sound good. <laughs>
0: up the women is not so good. It's it's it's. <laughs> If anything, the complete other end of the spectrum to what we're trying to get at with this show. Okay, it's, you could say, girl power, you know, you could say female power. Oh
2: yeah, girl power, woo! God's sake,
0: the moment's gone. Um, But, (laughs) I will say... Up the voice instead, okay? Um, because I don't have, <laughs> I don't there's, no there's no connotations. There's no connotations involved. Any better. There's no connotations involved. For people that haven't got their minds in the gut, they don't know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. All right, shout to all the mandem here, all right? Because I've been craving to get another guy to join us on the show, to talk about his experiences in love. And finally, finally, thanks to God's own will, we've managed to make it happen for this show. Yes. Is that what you're going to say?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Finally, thanks to God's will Did and I a mean,
0: woman that we know. <laughs> and a woman that we know. So if you listen to the first episode of our Month of Love series, you would have listened to the awesome Kuldeep Bra, who is a Truth Strengths Explorer. Mm-hmm. And she spoke to us about our own marriage and to find out how compatible we were based on her amazing test.
1: Yes. And amazingly, it told us that we were compatible.
0: Somehow it told us that. (laughs) Whether we are in real life is uh, very subjective. But when we were looking for someone that could talk to us from the perspective of a divorcee and the search for love thereafter, Mm -hmm. she actually said, well, actually, pray tell, my husband is a divorcee and we found love. Yes. You keep keep giving these weird looks. I'm listening
1: to you intently.
0: Oh, oh, is that your intense look? Yeah. Amazing. Just give me the squirmish look. I prefer that, to be (laughs) fair. Um, And so we decided to get Mr. Kudip Bra on our show. Long-time
1: friend.
0: Long-time friend, Mr. Billy Bahia. How's it going, my brother?
2: It's going well. I don't know what to do after that uh, very sort of... uh, Long introduction. It's a very books.
0: long introduction. I think, um, you know, we... are we, we, introduction... so
1: excited about having another man on the show. Honestly,
0: do you know what? I mean? Because like, it's, I've, as much as I've loved having the ladies join us every week for the last two, three weeks now, um, I've, I've craved the, the perspective from, uh, you know, another guy. You know, it's, it's yeah. one, it, one, with me trying to hold fort is one thing, but to hear the <laughs> thoughts and experiences from the male perspective is something that I've been crying out for. And I'm so glad to finally have someone join me on this side of the fence. Um, not to pour scorn on the ladies because that's not what we're here to do, but we need to get the, you know, those, you know, those sentiments across to our listeners as well from what it's like for the guys.
1: Yes.
2: Well, I, I kind of um I kind of get your uh, your sentiment, right? So up the boys being a football fan, so I get it, right? Thank you. Exactly. A
0: little bit more politically correct than up the girls. 100%. Right? So. <laughs> but even then, I'm, you know, I'm happy to go up the girls. Um, You know, being, <laughs> Excuse <me>.
2: I'm,
0: <laughs> <worse>. <laughs> what? I'm just saying because I'm, that, my mind doesn't go to that level. It doesn't go to that level of filth. When I, when I'm saying up the girls, I'm trying to, you know, empower saying, females. Man, I mean, why? There's nothing wrong with it. When, if your mind is in that gutter, then you'll think that way. Our mind, not that I'm a, you know, I'm a, quite a. You know, I'm a I'm a saintly man. You know, I'm quite pious,
1: <laughs> right?
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, we digress. Billy, thank you so much for joining us here on this show. First of all, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about you and what you do?
2: Oh well, uh, uh, of course. Uh, well, I'm um, God, late forties now, right? So I've lived a long, colorful life. Uh, what do I do? I'm a scientist, right? So uh, uh-huh. nice. A bit of Bit of a geek in that sense um what's 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 the right, next big thing in science what the next big thing well there's always something around the corner right? right now everybody's uh, talking about vaccines right yes. everybody's on that path wagon. um uh, you know without kind of divulging about work for but that's that's where we're all at that's what we're looking at we're looking at trying to anticipate what might be around the corner but yes. we're doing a lot of good work you know in, in the industry around uh, trying to kind of help people with rare diseases right um you know you, you know there's, there's lots of people out there who are kind of suffering in silence and you know we, we try to kind of pave new pathways to help them sort of uh, feel good feel better you know um, and uh, live a better, better healthier productive more productive life so
1: it makes what we do seem so
0: doesn't it? how dare you we're yeah. up there alongside people like billy bahia <laughs> and the other scientists <laughs> of the world with being at the forefront of new innovation. You know, I'd love, so, I'd love
2: to say, I'd love to say I wear a white lab coat and, and I'm kind of, you know, right at the core face, but most of the day, most of the time these days, I'm just driving a desk at the moment.
0: Yeah. Cause you know, you when know. someone said to me that they're a scientist, I just immediately, I think of like Bunsen and Beaker from the Muppets, you know, like <laughs> kind of like sitting there with their, like, with their test tubes and stuff and Bunsen burners and that put oh, yeah. together loads of potions and shit. So that, that and, and please, really don't dissuade me from that mind that notion as well. Don't tell me that's not what you do, because I'll be very disappointed.
2: Oh, um, so well, they were dis- my inspiration. Here. They were my inspiration. That's why. That's why <laughs> exactly. I wanted to be a white <laughs> scientist. <Exactly. laughs>
0: Apologies to any scientists out there.
1: So, can you tell us a bit more about, like, you and your journey? And we've mentioned that you were a divorcee uh, prior to this current marriage that you have mm-hmm. with the lovely Kaldi. Um, but can you tell us more about your first marriage and um, perhaps why it didn't work out?
2: Yeah, sure. Of course. And, uh, it seems like a long, long time ago, but, uh, how old was I? I think I was about, uh, about 26 years old mm-hmm. of, you know, in quotes, fresh out of uni, you know, working man, living by myself. And, um, I, I kind of was just chatting to my parents and, uh, said, you know, you need to settle down and you need to, uh, you know, Meet someone, and don't get me wrong, you know. But I had no trouble meeting people. I dated people. While I was at university and outside of university as well. I wasn't dating anyone at the time. Around that time, when I started having a conversation with my parents, and I thought, you know what? Sure, you know, I'm I'm happy to kind of you know, think along those lines, and you know, some some people we'd like you to meet, some uh, families, some girls. You know, would you be up for that? And I said, of course. Um, uh, the one thing I said to my parents was. Um, don't try and pick someone for me just because of what they do, right, or what they look like, mm-hmm. but but you know be open minded, right? Because I'm open minded as well, and I'd like to just meet interesting people and see how it goes, right?
0: So you were you were very open to the the notion of meeting people through um, through your family and through your parents.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I kind of grew up in the Midlands, right? And so I'm from uh, I'm from uh, the West Midlands, and uh, you know, quite a big extended, you know south asian kind of culture there as well and uh you know growing up you'd see all of your cousins and 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 white white members of your family having arranged marriages and mm-hmm. everything seemed to work you know and 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 the sort of family dynamics seemed to work uh, you know my parents like you know everybody else's parents you know probably had a, an arranged, or they had an arranged marriage yeah for sure yeah uh, as well and um so i never i never thought it as a as an odd thing. I mean, saying that from a male perspective, it's very different for guys growing up in our culture. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's probably not the same kind of pressures on, on men as there are on, on, on girls. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I, I I never felt pressured by my parents to think one way or the other. They said, you know, when you're ready or you know, if you're open to it, absolutely, you know. And I was at the time. I was working, I was living by myself, and I thought, you know, why not? It's another way of meeting people. And I always say to myself, Whenever I was approaching dating, or or, or even sort of the, the introduction to arranged marriage, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Right, someone can say no. What's the best that can happen? You might meet your life partner, and somewhere in between, you might actually make a friend. Right, mm. it doesn't go one way. For that. So I kind of let myself open to it. And um, we, it a couple of couple of months after we had that conversation, I met a few people. It hadn't kind of worked out for one reason or another. And then um, I um, my, my my dad um, said, "Oh, this is." Uh, this guy i'm working with at the moment he was doing some work for my dad and he said uh his, uh, his niece you know is about your age and they're looking for a, a young boy for her as well and you know would you go open do you want to have a you know you're to meet up and i said yeah sure you know for me and it wasn't a traditional kind of we meet up at my parents house or the her parents house and she brings in a tray of tea and you know, they weren't sure. like that yeah so they just kind of put us in touch with each other and uh, you know i got her number she got my number we kind of had a chat and then we just decided to meet up for a drink, you know, and uh, it was a nice conversation. She was a really lovely girl. Uh, we had it, we, we hit it off and you know, conversation flow, it was really easy. And then, you know, I kind of left that evening and I said to my parents, Oh no, she's really nice, I'd like to meet her again. Hopefully she felt the same way. And then obviously the there's communication between the parents and yeah, you know, yeah, yep. so you know, we kind of we, we met up a few times after that. It was only I think it was around the second second time we met, we went out for dinner. And uh, it turns out that um, we had a mutual friend as well, right? So I was, I was actually training someone as part of my job, um, a white girl. And, uh, you know, we were just chatting on the way back from uh, we'd, been, we'd been visiting a hospital and we were chatting on the way back from Leeds. And she said to me, I oh, you know you're a really great guy. I've, I've got a friend you'd really love to, I'd love to introduce you to. Her. I think you'd get on great. And I was like, yeah, yeah sure, sure, course, course. Didn't really pay any attention. Stayed in touch with her, but nothing came of it. And she apparently then told, you know, her friend, who turned out to be the person I was actually. No being fixed way! Up.
3: No yeah, way! So,
2: Jeez. So, so I think on our second second day, it kind of just dawned on us that you know uh, we had a mutual friend, and she was trying to set us up as well, and our parents were trying to set us up. But it all just seemed like fate.
0: But yeah, right? of course, of course it would.
2: Yeah, and it, and it kind of just opened opened it up a little bit for us you know because we felt well there's someone who knows both of us who thinks we'd be right for each other we're getting on quite well parents seem to get on with each other and, and, and sort of extended family kind of thing yeah. and um yeah you know we kind of saw each other probably about half a dozen times dinner drinks and just you know for lunch sometimes or you know on a sunday afternoon or you know stuff like that and then um i think it was probably about six six weeks in or something like that and uh my parents are like us. Well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And we thought, Oh, we're just getting to know each other, and then we met up. I think um, one evening, and I told her that you know my parents were asking me what we we're going to do. So well, my parents are doing the same. And we was—I remember quite vividly—we were just sitting in the, in the car after we'd been for for for, for dinner, and uh, she turned to me. I turned to her, and we just looked. We well, said, "Shall we?" Then,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was it. And that you was romantic. Kind of, you. <laughs>
1: But yeah quick, you know. that I'm is quite yeah. good right, six weeks that's yeah. that's fairly yeah. rapid
2: yeah it was and i remember we, we kind of met it was kind of um july august kind of time through that kind of a, that summer period so you know the weather was great it was what year was it, it was 1998 and uh, it all felt really really good and um the funny thing was as soon as we said yes the parents then took over <laughs> and yeah, the of course, they did, with they, us. they did with ours as well don't uh, worry mate
1: do. and so then how how um quickly after that did you get married
2: yeah well that was, a two, that was a two-step process and as much as we were left to our own devices to determine whether we actually felt like we wanted to see each other or whether we got on or whether we wanted to get married at the point we said yes it then kind of almost left our control if you see, mm, if you see what yeah I
0: mean. yeah of course
2: and uh, because the parents had a hand in it and the butcholi had a hand in it they wanted to kind of then take over and so that was, I think it was August or something where we said yes, and then they decided that they wanted to get us married off as soon as possible. Um, and so by November, they'd fixed up a date for a registry wedding.
0: Wow, okay, swift.
2: So, uh, that was quite swift. Um, so, you know, met in July, kind of decided in August, and then we had a registry wedding planned in, in November. So a bit of a whirlwind in that sense. And I think the reason why they wanted to do that was because we were not seeing each other, right? And they didn't want anything yeah, to, yeah, it's to happen. Of course.
0: And like, to be fair, that out. was kind of, it, that did kind of echo a lot of weddings around that period, around mm. the 90s anyway. I you know it mm.
1: happened with us as well, not, as soon as our parents got involved.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't yeah. like, you weren't literally married like within a month or two after that, whereas no. back in the 90s, I know a lot of people that kind of had the introductions and then within, yeah, three, four months, things would yeah. be set up and, you know, you'd be married.
2: Yeah, and I, I wasn't anticipating it to happen that quickly, right? So um, it was it was a bit of a, Bit of a whirlwind, I kind of got caught up in the moment as well. And then um, it was May, the year after in 1999, I remember the bank holiday weekend, the last bank holiday weekend in May, where we actually then got married with the religious or seek wedding, as it were. It was relatively quick. I think we were a bit young and naive. And mm, uh, yeah. I didn't kind of anticipate the extra burden that comes within the range of marriage. And I think that was looking back on it, that was the biggest thing for me, not realizing how many other people are then involved in your your destiny or your happiness if you see what i mean yeah i was course. very much independent person i left home at 18 to go to university i went from birmingham right to it from very you know um heavy asian kind of culture to guildford in surrey and i went to university in surrey very you know white middle class stockbroker belt you know
0: yeah very different sure. de-
2: alien very, very to where i had been and, and i actually went on a journey of self-discovery of, of myself at that point as well being very you know going in a very insular environment to being a, in a very open and dynamic and different and for me very colorful environment you know mm. things that were very different and i actually kind of loved my independence and i loved exploring who i was as a, as a person and um i kind of felt i was quite rounded by the time i made a decision to to get married but then things kind of changed after i made that decision
0: yeah, so so at what point did things start to, you come to a point where this is not working out? And it had led to obviously the inevitable divorce?
2: Yeah, so, so I mean, we, we were married for t- two and a half to three years. And uh, you, you just always got those telltale signs, you know, when you kind of brush them off. And uh, the one difference was I grew up in a very sort of um, rich part of the country in terms of asian culture and heritage and she didn't right and uh, she's from the southeast of the country in that corner down in kent right. and also were obviously people of indian background and asian culture it wasn't as deep you know you didn't you didn't have 101 uncles and aunties around every corner right so it was it was very different and um I think it was. It it didn't really gel. I I don't think she adapted very well to that. I didn't adapt very well to her Mm. background and surroundings. And I think there was a bit of a clash there. But nothing that was insurmountable. I think you know, looking back on it now, if I was there with the maturity I have right now, it wouldn't have been insurmountable. But but when you're when you're that age, it's, it's it's a real struggle to kind of say to yourself, you know, I can work through this, or I want to work through this, right? Not that yeah. I wanted to give up, but it was—it was actually quite tough and quite challenging. And I think I was probably a little emotionally immature to deal with it. I think, as I would hope to say that you know, hope she would think the same that she was as well. And uh, I think it was a little bit of interference from parents, you know, maybe my parents in terms of how she felt they were in our lives, and you know, from my perspective, her parents and the overbearing influence they had with us, you know, yeah. and uh, you know, everything that anyone said was scrutinized and analyzed to the nth degree, and some fault or negativity was always uh, found with it if you see what i mean yeah totally and i'm not saying that I, I wasn't to blame of course i did i probably didn't help the situation by not being flexible or understanding of um the dynamic that we were placed within right and i think if i was probably a little bit more mature i would have had a different you know view on the matter and i maybe would have sort of um, thought that we need help to we need help for ourselves to move through this or we need to isolate ourselves from it for the good of our own relationship yeah. and the positive foundation that we built when we first met each other but i didn't think that way at the time i was young I was immature i was a bit naive right so we, i didn't i didn't contribute to a positive outcome as well so i don't want to say it was someone else's fault you know it takes two to tango it takes two to get together it takes two to get divorced right but I, but i think um I hadn't anticipated all of that extra burden and baggage of that scrutiny you get under It's like you're living under a microscope. And that didn't really sit well with me. Yeah,
0: of course. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you mentioned there about family and, and the potential interferences uh, over the course of the marriage that might have been something that was part of the process to end ending in divorce there. But what was the reaction from your family and your friends and the wider community um, to the divorce? Because you know this obviously happened well obviously the early 2000s where you know at that point there still wasn't a, as many divorces as we potentially see now amongst our community so it was still quite a big thing did you receive any kind of backlash or anything because of it
2: you see th- this is um, this is where i kind of lucked out in a say i'll use that word carefully right because it's never a lucky thing to to, to separate and divorce and with all due respect to everybody who's been through it it's it's not it's not easy right but um, I was living in Reading with my ex-wife, and that's where I kind of moved to after university when I got a job. And when we split, um, I kind of, when we separated before we got divorced, I stayed in Reading, mm-hmm. and uh, we actually, we actually, I actually walked out on her on Christmas Day right so what wow and uh merry
0: christmas hey Jeez. Yeah.
2: well you know it's it, it's one of those periods of you know it can either be fantastic as a family you know those kind yeah. of celebrations or there can be the pits right yeah, yeah. and i think we we'll, we'll probably recollect examples where it's been one or the other for us right and, and that particular sure. christmas was uh was, was pretty much the pits and uh I, I i basically had enough of what i was hearing and i just um we were at, actually at her parents house and uh, I just kind of had enough and just walked out and left her there, and uh, that was it. I just went home, uh, went home, dropped her car off at home. because I was in her car, jumped in my car, oh and uh, <laughs> decided well, I'm not sitting here. I'm not sitting and here on a my car own.
0: car as well, unbelievable.
2: Well, I, you know, I had no way of getting home, and I didn't want to be in the house, so I just put <laughs> a car. You know, I thought you've got plenty of cars here at your place. If you want a car, you can use them. So I need to get home. Wow. And I just ended up to my parents because I didn't want to be on my own, sitting in my house on Christmas Day, and. My parents are up on their own and I thought I'll just drive up to Mum and Dad's and at that point when I walked out I didn't think that we were going to get divorced. I thought that we were probably on a bit of a rocky footing and we had been for about six months to eight months before that if I'm honest and we'd kind of pulled ourselves back from the brink. But that was kind of almost a straw that brought the camel's back. I just went up and I said to my Mum and I told them what happened on the phone on the way up and they said I just come up and so I just went up and chilled out. I was pretty you know angry and uh, annoyed. What would happen and I just kind of shook myself in my bedroom at my parents' house and just kind of sat there, read a book, you know, tried to kind of take my mind off it and calm down and stuff and and let it be. I thought I'd just let it be because everybody needs to just calm down. And then um went home after a couple of days. My parents didn't try and interfere, right? So that, that's the thing to to, to get the question that you that you raise what was a backlash? Well what, what I found was my I went up, my parents listened to me and said, well, you know, would you like us to call? Do you want me to call? And I said, no, no because part of the issue was my parents right and i said i don't mm. need to call um i don't want you to do anything i think they need to apologize for what they said and so let's see and if not you know fine don't call don't call i will, I will sort, it, sort it out in a few days so um i kind of uh, stayed there for a couple of days and then i went back home and uh, yeah and she and she i can't of she called or i called or whatever and then uh, we decided that we just needed some time apart, and uh, we weren't going to see eye to eye. And then we just never recovered from that afterwards. Was there any backlash? I didn't get any. um I didn't sense any. And like I said, I was removed from the situation because I was in Reading, my whole family was in, in in the Midlands, and the people who fixed us up the butchaler the go between he was kind of like a couple of streets down from my parents lived. I never get a, got a sense of any backlash. I know there was a huge amount of silence around it. Let's call mm-hmm. it that. Yep. There was a huge amount of silence, and nobody ever wanted to talk about it or raise the subject. Um, and uh, my my parents basically, whenever they were asked a question by anyone, well, what's going on? You know, we've heard this, that, the you other. Know, they would always say, "Well, that's between the kids, right? That's between yeah. them. They can work it out or not. We're not going to get involved, or we're not going to interfere." Which I found quite odd because the families had pulled us together, and then the parents didn't want to interfere when we were falling apart. Right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Sounds like an Asian family, okay.
1: Yeah, it does. it does sound like a story that we've heard, like, it's the kind of thing that we've, we've heard many times in terms of family interference, and then that kind of brush it under the carpet, let's never talk about it again kind of, yeah. kind of scenario. I
2: don't, I don't hold it against my parents for not wanting to interfere, because they did ask me, do you want us to do something? But you know, when you're aged, when you're 28 years old or whatever, I think I was at the time, 29 years old, you know, I said, I said well, well, no, because I'm old enough to kind of have a, Conversational review of my own, so I don't need you to do that. You know, it's not as if we're punching each other out or something like that. There's nothing like that going on. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, anything. It is. It's all verbal, and it's all you know, a case of compatibility, and we're not seeing eye to eye. So I said no, but 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 then again, you know, to to hear that again and again. Well, you know, we're leaving for the kids to sort out, or we don't want to interfere. It can yeah. it can be a bit salty as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you said that you were about 29 at this point um mm. how long was it before you felt ready to get to start dating again and getting out there
2: yeah so actually i, I think i just turned thirty the year um that we split up about 13 and a half and uh I, I, it took it, it for about two years um after we separated it took us about two years to get through a divorce right and you can say well okay such a short marriage. why did you take it take two years to get through it and again this is this shows the relative naivety of two people um who didn't see eye to eye and we just kind of slugged it out for two years with lawyers right and we didn't mm, need to yeah. we could have been sensible. we could have been sensible there was nothing of value that we needed to kind of split or share apart from our house and without any kids that was always going to be 50 50 right so i'm not <laughs> sure what we, you could what yeah, I'm not sure what we were arguing about. And, and, I, and I think back on this and I think, you know, again, that was another opportunity to be mature, right? From my side, maybe from her side as well. But I certainly reflect on that and think I could have done, I wish I'd done things differently. It, I wasted two years of my life, you know, going backwards and forwards with solicitors and having, you know, yeah. slanging matches on the phone with her and stuff and feeling very annoyed, turning up to work and all that kind of stuff um so it was about two years and um before i before it was done and i moved out and uh then i you know sort of went out on my own and then it was probably another year after that before i was really ready to start dating or really consider going out with someone else or responding to a you know a flirt or something like that mm.
1: did you feel any apprehension because obviously like you said that it was quite a difficult process um getting divorced and and kind of the, the final split was was kind of quite acrimonious I guess in terms of yeah. the solicitors involved and things like that so did you feel quite apprehensive about getting back out there and, and kind of putting yourself back out there?
2: I, um, I I did to start with because you know you, you, you do get hurt right and I think uh, you kind of invest yourself emotionally and you meet someone and you think they're great and, and don't get me wrong she's an absolutely fantastic young girl right and know i hope she's having a great life right now i think there was a lot of positives about her that you know i unfortunately didn't get to kind of experience for too long right so you know it didn't work out for us but i was i wasn't i wasn't apprehensive about dating but i just didn't feel like i was in the right headspace and i felt like i had to do a bit of self-reflection um yeah
0: first and and foremost
2: yeah and really kind of understand well what why did this happen right and uh was something that i needed to do about myself as a human being or as a character to make sure that if i was ever in a situation with someone again that i could kind of react maybe differently or you know behave more appropriate whatever it was right so just get myself into a good space where i really understood what happened and that's where friends really come into it and through the course of my marriage one of the things i noticed was i'd actually lost touch with a lot of my friends real mm-hmm. close friends that i had And for that two years, I actually spent a lot of time discovering, rediscovering myself, doing the things that I wanted to do. Mm. uh, And then also getting back in touch with my friends and and just spending a lot more time with them. And that's all I wanted to do. I didn't necessarily want to have a relationship with someone else. I wanted to have a relationship with myself, but also with my friends.
1: And then did you come across any kind of reluctance when you did start dating? Did you come across any reluctance from women to dating you as a divorced man?
2: No, I mean, I was working where I work in the, in the sphere that I worked, and my friend network. It was very, I'm going to say, non, non-Indian, non-Asian. Yeah. Right? Yes. I didn't, I, I didn't, I haven't got, a, I didn't have at the time a huge or a wide um, Asian friend circle. It was always, you know, people of mixed heritage or, or white predominantly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I ended up dating girls that weren't Asian, right? And that was relatively straightforward, I shall say, you know did or I didn't want to you know and and we just it was fun and uh, nothing serious and um and then I kind of you know I was in a period where I wasn't seeing so anyone for a while and I thought you know why everybody's talking about online dating right so let me let me put myself out there as well so I you know you do the usual thing and you sign up to the website like Charlie.com or whatever it was at the time and um and you kind of fill out a profile and you you enter the words divorcee in your profile right? Mm. you, you have to be transparent it's all about being transparent and the fact that i wear a turban and all that kind of stuff right I was quite open with all of that and um i found it really hard to find people that wanted to connect through those media right mm-hmm. uh, and it was normally one of two things it was either because outwardly i present as a Sikh man wearing a turban right that was that was always one comment that i got back or it was to do with the fact, that oh, I don't want to date a divorcee. Well, you sound great, but you know you're divorced, and uh, I, I'd rather meet someone who, who hasn't uh, hasn't been through that or hasn't been married before. Right. It's as if almost it's, it's as if almost you get a, I don't know, you're levelled down, or, or you have kind of a, a mark against you that you've had this bad experience. And and divorce doesn't necessarily mean that. Either party were at fault, it's just non-compatibility, or that you were some kind of evil monster, or that she was. You know, divorce can mean a lot of things in a lot of different scenarios to a lot of different yeah, people. Of
0: course.
2: And, and, and until you get to understand the individual or ask them what the circumstances might have been, then you know it's really it's really harsh to judge someone who's been divorced and to kind of limit their ability to kind of explore and interact with people as well. So I, I always found it a challenge to meet people of a similar cultural background and it was the same if through, through family network and one of the things I remember saying to my parents in my mid-30s was um how come you don't want to introduce me to people now right I'm divorced right and uh, I'm living on my own I'm doing quite well and you know surely I'm a you know catch for someone <laughs> <laughs> and you know my parents say well you know um you know you're a bit older and you know the network that network that we have all the kids are either married or the kids are too young do you know what i mean so there's is, there isn't anyone i don't think that you know we've, we've introduced it to but we'll look and we'll, we'll see and it never kind of really came to the surface and i think that was a lot to do with the community as well because i remember when my, myself and my sisters were were growing up and we were in a you know in, a, in our late teens sort of um and early 20s you know you couldn't move for people coming around your house with prospective proposals or yeah. Yeah, yeah. Know, uh, introductions, especially you know, where my sisters were concerned, as soon as they turned 18, it was like literally every five minutes, it seemed like there was some uncle or another saying there's, you know, potential Rishta here or potential Rishta there. With me, they kind of waited a little bit longer. But actually with yeah. me and my little sister, because she went to uni as well. But um, it was it was bizarre because you know getting divorced and being in your kind of like I would say, you know, when I was about 33, 34 or whatever it was, it just didn't seem to be anything happening, and nobody really wanted to reach out to my parents, or nobody really wanted to connect. And um, is that do you think?
0: Do you also think that that might be a, again an apprehension from our community from setting their daughters up with divorced guys or girls?
2: I think so. Yeah, I think there's still a stigma attached to it. And uh, when when I got uh, divorced, right in the early two thousands it was it wasn't that common right to kind of hear of it it happened of course it did it happens all the time um but it was still like oh my god big news so and so's son is divorced right um and it it becomes a little bit of stigma that your parents end up carrying as well yeah not that any of us were ever you know we we never we didn't sort of become hermits and didn't sort of stick our head outside the front door of course we did but you always got to get a sense that you know for a little while people were kind of judging you in a sense.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Right? Because I didn't know the backstory. And especially when, like I said, my my ex wife's part of her family lived in the same town. And there's always two sides to every story, right? And you don't know which side of the story, which side of the story is doing the rounds this week. Right? Yeah. So, so, and everybody knows everybody knows kind of small towns in Birmingham as well. So it was a bit tough in that sense.
0: So okay, so you've gone through the gamut, and you've You've gone through the dating world, meeting people. Who's got, well, actually, in saying that, would you have been open to meeting someone and dating uh, a divorced lady? Oh, yeah. Yourself? I mean, I,
2: yeah, of course. I mean, I, I, I had, you know, having been through it yourself, I think you look at it with a different set of goggles. I think if I was single, I could probably empathize with those people who didn't want to meet someone who was divorced, right? If I hadn't been married before, I probably would have been. A little bit more reserved about contact from someone who was uh, divorced. I can, so I can understand it, right? But then when you're kind of in those shoes and you're experiencing it, it's a different feeling, right? So I was open to um, meeting people who were divorced as well. Um, I had no sort of preconceived notions about what what they were going to be like, and uh, I just wanted to kind of open myself up to it. I, I never really had any traction from from uh, from from those kind of uh, online dating sites or through. You know, those kind of Asian sort of introductions—it never really worked in that sense. So I'd kind of almost written it off. By my mid-thirties, I kind of almost written it off. I didn't think—I personally didn't think—I was going to marry anyone with the same cultural background as, as myself at that point. I oh, okay, thought, interesting. You know, I'll, I'll either be a bachelor for the rest of my life and not meet anyone, or or, or I'll meet someone who isn't part of you know my culture, and I, and I did, and I met a few people I dated who were who were kind of you know, um, outside of the, you know, Indian Asian sort of um, background and culture. And, uh, you know, it worked well and for a while, but then it just, you know, fizzled out like, you know, something sometimes I do. So I, I kind of was a little bit lost. wasn't really kind of meeting anyone that uh, I could gel with or felt was compatible. And when you get to that point where you're in your mid-30s, mid, well, I was actually kind of, I was almost, I was getting towards uh, my late 30s at that point. Thinking, you know, I, I, I really want to meet someone. I want to have a family. You know, I have that unfulfilled part of my journey to go. Right? I want to have a family. I'd love to have kids. I want to be settled, but I didn't know how to get there. I wasn't. It wasn't working for me. And I kind of just thought I needed to take a break. And so I did random things. I learned how to ride a motorbike. You know, I learned how to just went on loads of skiing holidays and all that kind of stuff. And I was just trying to find something to like, keep me energized and. Um, and it's funny enough. It was um, a friend of mine, a great friend, dear friend of mine from uni. She, um, seek. and she said to me, "Look, I'm going to introduce you to uh, a friend of mine that I work with, and she's fantastic. She's really great." I was "Okay, I'll, I'll go along with it." And uh, met her, and uh, she was of uh, sort of Indian background. We went out for a fantastic time. And, you know, wasn't going to work between us. We kind of both realised that we were probably very different people lovely lovely person though and we kept in touch as friends and we're still friends to this day uh, and in fact uh, we had kids in the same year she had a kid with her husband in the same year that we had our first child as well and um, she she uh she kind of after about three four months she said she she texted me and she said hey look I, i'm going to go to this speed dating night do you, do you want to come because i'm either kind of wind man i don't want to go on my own and i said oh just, it's not me I don't, i'm not really into that kind of speed dating thing it just isn't something I fancy. and she said, "No, no, come along." But to go along, what I had to do was sign up to a, a, a dating site. I had to sign right. up for it, to <laughs> become a member to be able to get the ticket to go along with my friend who wanted to meet. And I was just going to—I was just going to sit at the bar and just kind of be there and kind of hang out. And then we were going to go for dinner afterwards. Ended up going to this. Uh, ended up registering for it, and uh, and then I get—I get an email from uh, someone on the. Um, on, on the site asking me to do a strengths profile and then rescue um, <laughs> you know the rest of the history, shall we say we know all about that
0: and yeah. that led you to the true strengths explorer extraordinaire herself, Miss Kul- Bra. Um so obviously Kodi's Kul- already explained to us in the in our first episode when speaking to her uh about like her being the one that proposed to you <laughs> yeah. after your time of dating together um, after only think, three months, I believe, I think it was. <laughs> um, so, you know, so it's it's incredibly refreshing from when she t- told us about this. And anyway, I remember it being very refreshing at the time as well. Yeah. Uh, but h- how did you feel um, just over the course of that period and for, you know, from from the girl side of things to her to m- take that step In order to make things happen, uh, her
2: side. Uh, No, I uh, all power to the ladies, right? I think you know, I'm a, I'm very much someone who isn't focused on gender as being a driver for what someone should do, right? And uh, you know, everybody should feel empowered, right, regardless of your gender. So I, I, I I had. um, I was generally surprised and, and and really pleased and really happy when she proposed to me. You know, it's my general reaction. And it was, I was going to propose to her, you know, but I'd kind of built out a roadmap to doing it. And so <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. You know, being, I think most guys do, to be fair.
2: Well, being a scientist and working in program management, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I'd almost built this timeline and, and, and with various inflection points about what was going to happen, what we were going to do, <laughs> <eventually>, <laughs> was going to do.
0: Oh, my but, days. Geek and for met, life, isn't it?
2: Well, yeah, I think, we spoke, I think we spoke on the phone um, um, sort of late November, early December, I think it was. And then we kind of met in December, early December. And then she proposed to me, and it was a leap year the year after in February, on February 29th. And I was going to propose, I had it in my mind, I was going to propose to it probably around May time. I thought, okay, you know, so
0: wasn't us it wasn't too far off. Yeah.
2: No, and, you know, I kind of felt what she felt and there was an instant connection. It was a spark and we had, you know, we had a really good chemistry and and and, and she was the kind of person that I'd been looking for. And, you know, like I said, I was in a bit of a lull in my life. I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going. And it almost kind of picked me back up again and, and reminded me that I was, you know, yeah, I am in a good place and, and, and I am ready to kind of, you know, be with someone who kind of um, makes me feel that way. And she did. But I kind of wanted to give it time and space. Having been through a divorce in my mind, I didn't want to rush her. I don't want, didn't want her to feel like I was, you know, unduly kind of wanting to move too quickly. I wanted to kind of give it a good amount of time so she would feel comfortable about, around me. Because, you know, like I said before, you know, when, you, when you've gone through a divorce, you, you don't know how much of it was you or your character that didn't work as well. Yeah, and I didn't want sure. to kind of come across to the bearings in that, in that sense
0: yeah well it whatever had happened and how it took place it's led you to happiness and you've got two kids now and a beautiful marriage and i guess the the what we're trying to get across more than anything with this show is that you will go through the emotional not you know there's like a, a roller
1: coaster isn't it, it is it, emotions mas- yeah. and yeah and and things that you just have to kind of deal with as well. there's like practical stuff that comes with dealing with the divorce and then there is the emotional stuff that comes with it as well and having to overcome both of those things and then move on and be ready to put yourself back out there and be vulnerable again. I think it takes yeah. a very brave person to do that when you've had that hurt in the past. And not to carry that through with you. And to do what you did, which is like kind of take the time out to learn about yourself and and kind of contemplate what your role was in in the breakdown of your first marriage. And then and try not to repeat that going forward. I think is a lot of um it's a lot of self-reflection that I think quite often people don't do, whether they've been divorced or not. I think especially people who haven't been through through divorce and they're kind of just out there dating yeah. i yeah. think that, that there's there sometimes can be a real lack of self-reflection reflection and self-awareness yeah. um that it seems yeah. that you you tried to kind of you tried to put that work in so that you were ready for your next person
0: i think that's no, i think no. that's the main thing it's like it's the it's that journey of like not just like from the, the um you know getting into relationships and dating stuff but it's that that mm. journey as a person to overcome so much and to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel and be um not just optimistic but you know but you've got to put the you just like you said you've got to put the work in yourself in order to make that happen and it's not an overnight thing you know it could be years before you potentially meet that person um, but you've got to always kind of have that that self-desire to make it happen and you know people will say things come to you in the most unexpected times and you know I like to say destiny sometimes plays a part in that to an extent but a lot of it is you've got to put that you know put the grind in yourself in order to make yeah. it happen and exactly
1: like it's so if you know Kully approached you and said can you do this test I, I'm guessing a lot of men would have just been like I don't think so
2: exactly <laughs> Who are you yeah. I'm not gonna do this but you did that I can remember it quite vividly, right? So I, I kind of signed up, like I said, to help my friend on this on this speed dating thing, and I wasn't expecting to do anything on the site. I wasn't gonna put my profile in there and make it active, but uh, I guess because I was a new joiner, it kind of floated to the surface, and she reached out. And I remember getting an email, thinking, "Okay, what is this?" And I did the test, and then uh, I wrote back, and then uh, you know, a few emails were exchanged, and uh, I think uh, I, I didn't quite appreciate that it was her model or whatever i i I don't know why and uh yeah i just kind of felt it's almost like even over the over the over the airwaves i kind of felt there was a connection as well do you know what i mean without actually yeah. having ever spoken to her or, or or kind of interacting any other way apart from you know online it, it just felt like there was something else there that i had to explore and like like i said i kind of you know emailed her back and i said oh it'd be great to talk sometime you know about it and then you know we did we did and uh yeah you know it, it, the rest is history the and i, think, history. Uh, I don't think she was expecting it i don't think i was expecting it and we, we kind of just uh, i think we were both in a part in a place in our lives where we just let ourselves be open again at that yes. point yeah. yeah
0: and i think that is really important it's it's that right place right time yeah, right timing
1: room. it's timing, all about the
0: timing timing is absolutely everything um and if if anything with the true strengths tests that coolie does and the ones she's going to be doing going forward if there's any evidence of how well this works yeah. it's her own story in itself in the fact that it led her to the man of her dreams yes. uh, in this <laughs> instance um
1: i she tried to get you to do it when we first got together because i was living with kuldi yes that point, you were and you were like no
0: <laughs> yeah I'm all, I'm all right thanks <laughs> i mean it took it, it took what so what, from that point it took what nine years for me yeah. to eventually do it to see how compatible it <laughs> <we're laughs> So like I said, like I just mentioned, timing is everything, <laughs> right place, right time, right moment, things will happen. You just got to sit there and bide your time.
2: You got to sit there bide your time, absolutely. But I think, I think, you know, what, what I would say to anyone who's, in, who's experienced it, I think, like I said, you know, there, there, there are kind of various periods like self-reflection, understanding what, what happened and why it may have happened. Don't, don't be too hard on yourself right? I think that's the thing. You, you can get into that spiral where you, you you kind of feel like a failure or other people might make you feel that way, you know, especially in certain instances within our own culture. You know, like you said, that whole stigma of being divorced, it can bear quite heavy on your shoulders. Yeah. And that can be quite tough to manage. And I, I was helped because I had a good friend network that I reverted back to and found again. And I found other outlets for myself to be able to deal with I went through and don't get me wrong what I went what I dealt with was not you know nothing in comparison with the, with the kind of things some people have to deal with
0: of course, either yeah, in that sure.
2: or from a health perspective as well it's a very in the sense trivial problem right a very individual problem but you know it, it's about just kind of making space for yourself learning opening yourself up understanding who you are and what you want and then others will see that right as well and uh yeah it's that timing, it's about being in the right space, being in the right headspace. And then, as you know, colleague would say, you know, you've got to capitalize on your strengths, right? As yes, well.
0: indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, you capitalized on those strengths uh, <laughs> as 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 only one could do, and you've got an amazing marriage and two amazing kids, and it's great to see. And I think for our listeners as well, it's something really important to see that yes, there is light at the end of the tunnel, and there is love after divorce. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know there's there's a lot of divorcees out there that um, have come over. You know some real hard hard divorces you know not just emotionally um heavy but also financially heavy um and you know that sometimes can feel that there's no real sense of positivity or optimism at the end of it but that's not necessarily the case time is of the essence and Jeez. you know you have to you know find the right time uh and not just you know time wise but also within yourself to find you know, the right time to allow yourself to be open enough to to meet people.
3: Exactly.
0: You know, so much appreciated to you, Billy, for joining us here, discussing your experiences. Thank you so much. Where can people find you on your socials?
2: Well, I've got uh, an Instagram account, which I don't use that much, but I think you've tagged me on that already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs>
2: um, Facebook, Twitter, um, um,
0: what oh, you really should God. be doing is you, you should be pushing your wife's socials because the true strengths... Well, I, I was about to say
2: that my, mine aren't that interesting and, and, and I, I'm not really a social media kind of person. Like I said, I'm a bit of a, a geek in that sense. I, I kind of like to see what else it's happening what other people are doing as opposed to kind of pushing myself out lurker. there.
3: But
0: yeah, stalker think is the word.
2: Well, I think my wife is the one you want to follow. She's the most she's the more interested. Yes, indeed. Uh, person, uh, you know, in this dynamic in this relationship. So, uh, yeah, call deep. And, uh, you know, she, she tweets a lot of good stuff and a lot of healthy Absolutely. kind of information that you know, I think everybody should read really.
0: 100% and we encourage you all to take the true strengths test yourselves and find out what you're like as a person and you could potentially meet the person of your dreams thereafter.
3: Yeah.
0: Just like you did, Josie.
1: Well, if you know your strengths, <laughs> then you know and you know what kind of person you are, then you, know, you have some idea of what you're looking for. And yes. it works because it worked for her and it worked for us. In retrospect, it was right In for retrospect, us. yes. Yeah. yeah. It Still was
0: debatable. Right for us. Yeah. <laughs> debatable. Much appreciated to you, Billy. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Native Immigrants. My pleasure. And next week will be our final episode of the Month of Love series. I'm not ready to
1: give this up. I'm not, I think we're just going to be the Native Immigrants love show from now on. I'm not ready to give this up.
0: I mean, there there are other things to talk about. No, there's not.
1: There's nothing worth talking about other than love. That's all we need to put into the world. It's really profound, isn't it?
0: That was a bit too profound. but there's there are a blessed.
1: There's no there's like a lack of food on the shelves, there's a lack of gas coming through the pipes, there's a lack of everything at the moment, but there is an abundance of love coming from us.
0: Right. Well, to
1: warm your hearts and to fill your bellies,
0: and to warm your goggles. <laughs> yes. Well
1: cockles are important
0: They are indeed But we will be back next week For the final of episode Of this month of love series But we will continue the love Thereafter going forward Okay It's
3: all to be about love All the time
0: Fuck's sake For me Swami Barakas
1: And me Jajabi
0: We'll see you all next week people Peace
1: See